I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. I'm Emmy. So it's fellowship time. That's the rumor. There's a fellowship, and there's a ring. Some elves are getting up to stuff, and I guess a few hobbits. I, li- I like hobbits. <laughs> I've always felt actually a good kinship with hobbits, because they eat and they drink. And sends him on a quest. Gandalf super doesn't really want Frodo to get out of the house. Suck it, Gandalf. Pipeweed? Pull up an armchair, grab a pipe and a pint from the green dragon. So you want to read Tolkien? Reading The Fellowship of the Ring. All right, so here we are. Another week. Another chapter. <laughs> I don't Things know what that was. ominous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fellowship of the chapter Ring. Chapter two, The Shadow of the Past. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. You'll be shocked to hear that since Rachel wrote the long summary, her favorite word makes an appearance. Doom. I like. I'm sad that we made it out of chapter one with no doom. I was just yeah. Well, as we step, nothing happens. There is a little bit of like prophesying of doom, but yeah, there's a little bit of keep it it secret, keep it safe here. I'm trying not to abuse the doom. There's a lot of doom in this story. Okay, (laughs) it's way too late. (laughs) Like ten episodes ago was too late. Uh no, like (laughs) twenty at least. (laughs) <laughs> Don't abuse the doom. <laughs> I'm going to do characters. So in this chapter, it's a little bit confusing because we get like, if you've seen the movies, we get the prologue in this chapter. So we'll we get see a story here. within a story. Yeah. So there is Frodo Baggins, our new hero now that Bilbo has disappeared to God knows where. He is swiftly approaching 50 years old, but not aging a day. Samwise Gamgee, Frodo's neighbor, employee, also a bit of a gossip. Meriadoc Brandybuck, Frodo's BFF. Peregrine Took, Frodo's other BFF. Ted Sandyman, uh, the son of Miller Sandyman, who we met last chapter. Uh, Hobbit, mostly just a rude dude and a plot device at this point. But again, Sandymans may become important, you know, about a year from now. (laughs) Shut up. <laughs> We're not spoiling things before they happen. I said maybe. Gandalf. No one's fooled by you. No one. <laughs> Gandalf, our wizard. Everything is his fault. Okay. I don't know that I agree with that, but sure. The ring. We can argue about it in a minute. It's mostly the ring's fault. This is the last of the 20 rings of power. I never realized there was 20. When you read the poem, it doesn't sound like 20. It doesn't sound like that many, but it is. It's a nice round number, and also it makes it feel less important because there are 20 of them. Yeah. Like, that's just so many. I mean, nine to men is a lot. Yeah. So, this is the one ring to rule them all. So, characters we hear about in this chapter. uh, Unnamed dwarves fleeing west. Elves leaving on their ships. And then within the story that Gandalf tells of the origin of the ring, we have Sauron, our evil warlord, who we've heard about before. He used to have a whole werewolf thing going on. Was it him that lost the rap battle? Or did he win the rap battle? He was in a rap battle with a, with an elf one time, wasn't he? Yes. It was one of the... Was that one Fingolfin? God. Finally died. <laughs> Damn it, how do we not know these names? It was one of the Fs. Mm-hmm. That does not narrow it down. Not even Um, a little. (laughs) Gil-galad, the elven king. I believe the the last king of the Noldor. Uh, Elendil, high king of Gondor, Arnor, and all the Dunedain. 
the which we've heard about, of course, he just came back from Numenor. He, he just came back. That makes it sound very... Anyway, we all remember it. Yeah, he was a good dude. Isildur, Elendil's son, he cuts the ring uh, and Sauron's finger takes ring, loses ring. Deagle, a hobbit-like creature who finds the ring in the river. Smeagol, who murders his bestie Deagle for the ring, eventually becomes Gollum. Random mention of this dude named Aragorn. Don't know who that is, but he's a good tracker. Almost like a ranger. Hmm. Hmm. I think he's, I think not he's, important. he's probably pretty tall. I bet he takes long strides. <laughs> Scruffy. <laughs> I don't think we're as funny as we think we are, guys. <laughs> well, we're funny to us, so please write in about. and tell us how funny we are. <laughs> Who do you think Aragorn is? Homeless. <laughs> <laughs> the most accurate thing said about Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> A tragedy. In a beautiful package. Okay. Um, shall I do the short summary? And we can sure, sure. shaft Rachel with the long summary again? I mean, I wrote it. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I volunteered because I was like, if you write it, then it's weird for me to read it and you're not going to want to read it. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> so our short summary is that uh, after... Our last chapter, Gandalf leaves Frodo, and Frodo is supposed to hide the ring. Gandalf fucks off for basically 17 years, coming by with the occasional visit, and leaves Frodo to deal with a very judgmental hobbiton as the years go by. More and more gossip begins to pour into the Shire about things that are happening outside of their green pastures, and Gandalf returns with news that Frodo's ring is the one ring of power and has to be destroyed. Well, yeah. The end. It's the one ring of power. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what happens. It would be like happens. every other adventure Aragorn has ever, not Aragorn, nope. gosh, every other adventure Gandalf has ever mm-hmm. sent a hobbit on. Yep. All the, oh, it's a dragon. Bye. Yep. Yep. Par for the course. Yep. So yeah, um, talk of Bilbo's disappearance lasts pretty literally forever. Um, generations later, people will be telling tales of uh, Mad Baggins. And this pretty much mostly matters because poor Frodo's reputation suffers too, especially because he keeps throwing birthday parties for Bilbo and everyone else just thinks Bilbo's dead. That's so sad. (laughs) Aw, he misses him so much. And he keeps throwing birthday parties. I mean, I realize it's also Frodo's birthday, so he'd probably have a party anyways. Anyway, but still. But that he specifically makes them for for Bilbo. (sighs) It's so cute. And so sad. He misses. Frodo has no family. I mean, okay, he has his cousins, right? Yeah, he's got uh, cousins the Dukes, and the Brandy books, other whatever. Aunts and but uncles, he has but... no one else who took him in. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bilbo was Aww. basically his dad. I'm sad for him. He's an orphan, twice over. But at least he knows Bilbo's not dead. Or I mean, is that better or worse? It, but the thing is, he believes. I don't think Bilbo writes him any letters, which I think is kind of a shitty, shitty move, Bilbs. But I I don't know why I call them that. <laughs> <laughs> but like he just believes that Bilbo's alive. You know, you're on the road. He could run into trolls again. He could run into orcs. He just believes. That is such a shitty thing. I love Frodo. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> it's okay. This uh, whole chapter is just like poor Frodo. Um, but yeah, so Frodo also takes up wandering, which everyone knows is a recipe for trouble 
Shady. Very shady. Help his reputation. People who go on walks. What the fuck? Nature. (laughs) Lame. Um, But all in all, Frodo lives a nice enough life until he's almost 50. A.K.A. (laughs) the age that hobbits, if they want to do so, go on adventures. Uh, And there are rumors of evil workings in the world. So Frodo travels even more to kind of touch base with people and stay abreast of the news. Elves are leaving in droves. Dwarves are on the road more than usual. And it's pretty ominous. Mortar. Mortar is stirring. Yada yada. We're going to hear a lot about that. And we get mentioned (laughs) that there are some elf towers within the Shire. And that the hobbits have always just known that beyond those are the Grey Havens. Mm -hmm. Just to bring our two big books together there. Yes. Geography. Um, But... Even the regular hobbits manage to hear some of the news, though most of them don't believe it. We have a exciting side story off in the uh, Green Dragon where Sam is trying to convince Ted Sandyman that the stories are true. And it doesn't go super well for Sam. It's kind of sad, but also Ted Sandyman's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most of the hobbits are pretty close-minded, but Sam just wants to see the elves. I think Sam is kind of... Okay... You know, he just wants to believe in something bigger out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's adorable. You know, yeah. he wants there to be walking trees and magic in the world. And I Lucky can... him. Yeah. Because there is. Yep. Yeah, Although he's I, a little... Oh, I don't think he ever gets to meet the walking trees. No? I'm sad for him now. Carry on. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I was going to say that he's almost like the, the reader character because we're reading these books and loving it, but not really necessarily actually wanting to go on an actual adventure yeah but like yes let me hear about these stories and let me read about them and believe in them while frodo is very much like i will adventure i will adventure Mm -hmm. now i will adventure and then oh shit i got an adventure (laughs) i didn't mean this kind of adventure (laughs) yeah i meant the nice kind (laughs) oh no adventures are nice while you're on them i would like there and back again yeah Anyway, uh, Gandalf turns back up very dramatically. It's been nine years. I mean, Gandalf did say, I'll come back when you least expect it, but nine years is a little much. Um, they, Gandalf and Frodo then have a very, very, very long conversation about some stuff. Like a ring and doom. Doom. And a ring of doom. What? That was a Um, very anticlimactic doom. I was expecting more from you, Rachel. Oh, I'm pretty sure there might be more coming. She's saving it up. Okay. Maybe. I don't remember anymore. I thought Doom a lot. <laughs> I don't know, remember how much I wrote. Um, so, yeah. Gandalf tells the story of the making of the rings. If, you know, you've been with us the whole way, you've heard us talk extensively about, about that one. Aragian and Celebrimbor and the trail end of Feanor's children. Yep. Flashback it's... to episode Mumble Mumble. <laughs> it's strange to think of, like, Feanor's children... Well, I guess uh, Caleb Rimbor was a grandchild. You know what I mean, though? Mm-hmm. Like, r- their stories reaching Frodo Baggins. You know? Yeah, from how, where we came from to Frodo in the Shire. Yeah. Sitting by the fire with Gandalf. It It's weird. And Gandalf, God, it's weird to think of Gandalf as a Maiar. And here he is, you know, having, having smoking a pipe in the Baggins' kitchen. It's just weird. Yep. I hope one day Frodo knows that Gandalf is basically a demigod, and he made him tea. <laughs> yep. 
For real. Yeah, they probably had quite a talk on the uh, ship. Into the That's West. true. They had they had some time then. Man, I want that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to wait two more books before we get there. Yeah, we don't know anything about that. There's no ship. Nope. Carry on. I mean, lots of elves are going west. There is a ship. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um. Anyway, Gandalf tells the story of the making of the rings and how he suspects that this ring that Frodo has is the one ring. Uh, though when Frodo's like, why didn't you tell me anything? He's like, no, I, I only suspected. It's been building slowly. I just had bad feelings about it. You know, this I can 100% understand. Where if he thought, oh my god, I think that's the one ring. And he's like, no, I don't know. I don't know. And like, he's so fond of, of Bilbo yeah. and Frodo. So you I do kind of want to be sure about that. And he desperately didn't want it to be the one ring. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I can understand where he's coming from, where he decided not to say anything until he was 100% sure. Yeah. But is it better or worse that it's the One Ring, right? Because, like, on the other hand, they've found it, and Sauron doesn't have it, and no one can control this ring except for, you know, the person who's holding it feasibly. But on the other hand, if it was one of the less powerful rings, then the One Ring is still out there, and Frodo is in danger of being controlled. I guess if it was one of the lesser rings, it would have been easier to destroy, for one thing. And Do we know how to destroy the lesser rings? No, Dragon. but I assume that they were not made in, in Mount Doom so that they don't need to go back into Mordor to be destroyed. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much dragon fire. Yeah. That's in the, the chapter. But there are no dragons who breathe hot enough anymore, and also the one ring wouldn't even I wonder, I wonder if Candelf that. regrets getting rid of... Um, Smog. Smog now, yeah. He's like, oh hey. shit, we could have used oh. him. <laughs> Dead dragon or dragon we control? Yeah. <laughs> Would only end well, Gandalf. <laughs> um, I just got this funny image in my head of Bilbo, like, riding Smog like a horse. Anyways. Right? Anyway, yes. So, um, yeah, we get the iconic scene where Gandalf ends up chucking the ring into the fire and pulls it out, and it's cool, and words appear, and they say, One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. Doom. They fit all of those words on one tiny little ring. Yeah. I cannot hear the words bind them other than in Ian McKellen's Gandalf voice. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I can't emulate it, but he says it so, like, bind them or whatever i, I don't know yeah i know as so i was good. reading it and i'm like getting to the dramatic pause on darkness it just like auto completed in my ear <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway yeah also gandalf you know shares the news that yeah oh by the way sauron really is back that's and they make like he implies that it was the necromancer mentioned in the hobbit but nothing is ever said outright mm -hmm. yeah and and some of the earlier whisperings was like the Evil that was driven out of Mirkwood has taken up residence in Mordor. Yeah. But yeah, only in the generals. Um, but yeah, so Gandalf kind of dumps a whole lot of doom over Frodo, and um, we get one of the great lines that's like ever been written, uh, where Frodo says, you know, I wish it need not have happened in my time. And Gandalf says, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. I was surprised to see that so early in the book. Mm -hmm. Me too. Because I had forgotten that it was so early in the book. Yeah, it 
and there are another couple that also happen um in yeah. the movies in moria and for the movie i i like that you know it's they're said in moria and not sitting by the fire and you know bag end um well so the it, movies wanted to you know have frodo and gandalf have a good connection just before mm-hmm just before a character death. <laughs> before something happens. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, that too. But yeah, it, I think, lends more tone once mm-hmm. Frodo's actually kind of feeling the weight of what's happening. And anyway. So after that, Gandalf tells the long tale of the ring. So Gilgalad and Elendil defeated Sauron and then died dramatically. Isildur took the ring and then was killed by orcs. Ring falls into the river. Smeagol and Deagle go on a trip to the river. Deagle finds the ring after a fish pulls him into the river. Uh, sorry, he was fishing at the time. That sounds like a fish just reached <laughs> up and pulled him in. <laughs> uh, Smeagol kills Deagle and takes the ring for his birthday present. Smeagol becomes super creepy, is kicked out of his home, and wanders away to eat raw fish and live in a mountain. He liked the roots of things and was like, okay. How about a mountain's roots? As you do. Right, right. Totally makes complete sense. And that seemed like a weird little character statement, because it's given earlier in the Mm -hmm. story, where he's like, he liked to look underground and see the roots of things and didn't so much look up. And then he murders his friend and steals a ring and hundreds and, you know, whatever, some years later, it's like, well, I'm going to look at the roots of the mountain. Like, I don't actually think by that point in time, that was your biggest no. motivation but okay <laughs> yeah is this supposed to be like some grand statement about air transportation or something like look know. up and <laughs> dream up there not underground <laughs> i don't know anti-mining <laughs> also i like that in these like five bullet points here you covered about five thousand years <laughs> i figured we've kind of been here before we probably don't need the uh very yeah. very long version this is true like, cool. But I get, it's in the book, too, because I think Gandalf says something like, and then a long time after that, but still a long time ago. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> it's kind of how it works. Yeah. Um, no, it does. You just, when you really think about how long the ring stayed hidden. Holy cow. I guess it was, like, most of its time it was at the bottom of the river. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for, like, thousands of years it just hung out in the sand. I'd be bored, too. Yeah. Just fish for company. Maybe it was corrupting the fish. Ooh. And that's why the fish pulled him in. It was doing the ring's bidding. I would well, totally believe probably. that. Can fish be corrupted? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because it's not like they have fingers, but... Maybe it was just one that swam back and forth all of its life, brushing its fin over the ring. I say maybe it like maybe a fish like laid its eggs right where the ring is, and then this is one fish that was born from those. Yeah, I mean, I think fish eggs float. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, anyway, logic from <laughs> the ring magic. Yeah, that's fair. No, it is interesting though that it doesn't st- seem so difficult, like that. Someone just kind of fell under the river and found it. But it was thousands of years lost there. Like, no one took a swim at any point? Well, according to the movie, it was kind of hidden in the sand. Mm -hmm. And and according to, like, Booklore also, it was hiding itself until it felt Sauron's presence back in the world. That is fair. Like, 
there wasn't rising evil so much yet. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting that I would say there are two of the most famous um, fantasy series written in, you know, uh, the latter half of the last century. And both bad guys had horcruxes. Like, you'd think one would have learned from the other. Bad plan, dude. Don't put your soul in a physical object. I mean, I think that's literally the point of Voldemort, but... (laughs) But both of them did it. You know, like, I I don't, anyways. But I mean, what I'm I'm saying is I don't think J.K. Rowling came up with most of what's to do with Voldemort on her own. Spirit rises in the middle of a wood. (laughs) (laughs) Only still alive because its spirit is imbued in something else. Yeah, yeah. Wonder where she got that from. All right, I was trying to talk in world, but fine, (laughs) fine. We can go the other way if you want. Carry on. (laughs) Anyway, um... So we summed up thousands of years and five bullet points, and then we get to talking about Bilbo coming across the ring. Um, so yeah, Gandalf gives us a actual explanation for why the riddle game worked so well. Which I wonder if someone called Tolkien on it like we did, like, riddle games are <laughs> sacred? What? But no, uh, it's not just because of that, but because of hobbits and whatever Smeagol was, our, our cousin species, they both valued brittles and stuff like that mm-hmm. sure why not whatever anyway both Gollum and the ring at this point are pretty much just stuck in the mountain it's actually kind of sad like they're both just sort of like we can't do anything else um so the ring abandons Gollum finally and <gasps> something happened the ring did not expect and Bilbo picked it up um <laughs> and another of those great lines that Behind that, there was something else at work, beyond any design of the ring maker. I can put it no plainer than by saying that Bilbo was meant to find the ring, and not by its maker, in which case you were also you also were meant to have it. And that may be an encouraging thought. And that's I, another line that means more when said by Ian McKellen than me. I also I just really like how much Gandalf how much faith he has in these hobbits. Mm-hmm. I think it's really great, especially considering that he is you know, a demigod, and arguably hobbits are, at least until this point, the least important peoples in Middle-earth. Like, nobody even knows where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and very few people even know or care that they exist. Yeah, and I just think that that is really nice, and as much as I do like how the movies put it later and made it more dramatic, I like having it early on and having that, that confidence instilled in you that this wizard is you know likes likes these hobbits yeah it is it's as far as pep talks go it's pretty good Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so anyway yeah in his uh various time over the past 17 plus years gandalf had been trying to track down Gollum, uh which is why he could tell the smeagol and deagle story verbatim which (laughs) as i was reading i was like how does how is it gandalf knows exactly what they were saying there's a lot of detail here and then i was like oh right (laughs) um so yeah, Gollum had pretty much, after the ring was gone, a couple years later, left the mountain and uh, wandered around, including to Dale, where, you know, people were still talking about Bilbo, the heroic hobbit, and um, ended up, you know, wandering to Mordor, because that's where all dark things eventually go. And lots of time passes, and uh, eventually... Gandalf, you know, had had elves tracking and stuff, but he's only able to eventually find Gollum because 
of a really good friend. His name? That's your cue. Me? Anyone. Aragorn? Sure. <laughs> that was badly done. That we was very badly this. done. <laughs> I didn't... With help from his you, good you friend, didn't cue me in that this was happening. I don't know. I thought people might be excited about it. I'm not him. good with impromptu. Um, yeah, Aragorn. <laughs> He's pretty much just described as like a really good tracker. That's it. Name drops. That's his only uh, his only purpose. But like the best tracker alive, it is said. The best tracker ever. Ever. Um, well, I don't know about ever, but currently alive. Shut up, Caitlin. <laughs> God. Um. <laughs> anyway. Uh. No. So yeah, we've. Finally found Gollum, but at that point, doom had been wrought. There it is. Told you there was another. <laughs> that was that one was good. I liked that one. Thank you. Uh, so Mordor at this point knows about Bagginses and Shires, and perhaps more importantly, uh, Sauron knows that the Ring does still exist and has been found again. You know, kind of everyone needed official confirmation that this evil thing was afoot. And we also get one of the other, other, other lines from Moria, which is the, uh, what a pity that Bilbo did not stab that vile creature when he had a chance, uh, and Gandalf replying, it was pity that stayed his hand. And the interchange, I think, in context actually makes even more sense because Gandalf ends up explaining that, um, to... Be sure that Bilbo took so little hurt from the evil and escaped in the end because he began his ownership of the ring so with pity. Uh, so the fact that when Bilbo first got the ring, it wasn't in evil and murder yeah, is part of why he was able to keep it so long. And now Frodo has it for the first time ever, willingly given up. Um, Putting this context on it makes me almost forgive the Hobbit movie for making such a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, like, having that actual reasoning, like, oh, this makes sense. And yes, that moment, like, was the crux was of the future mm -hmm. of the ring was decided in that moment in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, after all that and dramatic lines and stuff, uh, Gollum is in prison in Mirkwood for now. He's definitely not going to get out. No one I ever escapes from Mirkwood prisons. I like to think he's in the same cell Thorin was in. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, Frodo has the realization that the ring has to be destroyed. But he already, you know, he tries to, like, throw it in the fire. And he just it automatically goes back in his pocket. And it's very sad. Poor Frodo. He hasn't even been, like, using it. I mean, we find out later that he has been using it, but not often. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, eventually Frodo tries offering it up to Gandalf, who refuses because that would be a terrible idea. He's already a demigod. Uh, and so Frodo knows in his heart it's time to take the ring and leave the Shire. And finally we get the payoff for all of the hobbits being terrible jerks because Frodo's <laughs> like, I should like to save the Shire if I could, though there have been times when I thought the inhabitants too stupid and dull for words and have felt that an earthquake or an invasion of dragons might be good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Highly relatable. So yeah. relatable. I, but I guess uh, maybe a lot of the shitty behavior of hobbits that we saw in the previous chapter was supposed to be like almost their innocence like mm -hmm. like i'm sure shitty humans would do much worse things than try to find treasure in somebody's house 
you know? like Go back if, for a second presence. <laughs> yeah, like if that's how bad hobbits are, then overall they're they're pretty good. It still seems like shitty things to do in my head, but whatever. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not like murdering we don't have to live each there. other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as we know, there are no hobbit murders. Oh my god, <laughs> there's an idea for a book. Crime drama in the Shire. Yes, that's what the Amazon series should be. Yes, oh my god. Right? Okay, um, anyways, I'm like too excited about that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, after all of that doom and stuff, uh, we get a big, whoops, Sam is listening just outside the window, so he gets Shanghai into joining the expedition. He just wanted to hear more about and maybe see the elves, and now he's in for something much, much bigger. Doom. Doom to be continued. <laughs> I want to say something about that, but I'm A, not 100% sure, and B, it'll be it'll be talked about later. So, All right. Um, so one of my favorite little sidelines in this chapter, after we talk about all of the doom and stuff of the ring, is that it's brought up that the ring, like, literally will just change size to fall off of your finger. Mm-hmm. And I know it makes sense. Kind of for, like, how else would this thing sneak away so much? But I just think it's so funny, the idea of, like, this ring just, like, changing itself around. Yeah. it. They do a good job I, early on of stating that the ring has intentions. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I guess it is kind of ridiculous to think of a ring growing and shrinking. And Yeah. Makes all of those uh, close-up shots on the ring a bit more sensical, though, right? It actually <laughs> grew to be the size of our entire movie screen. um speaking of pity one of the lines that i really like let me see if i can is when frodo tries to give gandalf the ring and he says um do not tempt me i dare not take it even to keep it safe unused the wish to wield it would be too great for my strength i shall have such need of it great perils lie before me where's the beginning of this where he mentions about pity I do not wish to become... Okay, here it is. Do not tempt me, for I do not wish to become like the Dark Lord himself. Yet the way of the ring to my heart is by pity. Pity for weakness and the desire of strength to do good. And I just really like that line. It says a lot about Gandalf and how he he wants to help people, and but doesn't trust himself to not use the ring to help people, and thereby not help people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot about pity in this chapter. Yeah. And I like that that sort of brought it together there. Yeah, it, it gives an explanation of the different types of pity and what yeah. they truly mean. Um, I also really liked the line, uh, well, part of it is, but as far as I know, Bilbo alone in history has ever beyond playing and really done it. Meaning that Bilbo's the only person ever who has given up the ring um, by choice. And I think that says a lot about Bilbo and about hobbits and about why Gandalf and then others come to value them so much and value Mm -hmm. the type of people they are. Absolutely. I like that that was talked about. And it's one of my favorite things about Bilbo that in the stories about how he's always known as the one who gave up the ring voluntarily. Yeah. I think I guess technically speaking, he is the only one. Yeah, the only one. Now I'm trying to think back to like... The Silmarils and who was able to give a Silmaril up? <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. <laughs> you could argue. Well, no, wait. Baron and Luthien left it with um, mm-hmm. with Luthien's yeah. dad voluntarily. 
they were but like they are an exception to all of Tolkien's rules. Yeah, yeah. that's true. They were like, "Here's your stone. Leave us alone. We just want to. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna go and have some kids. Okay, bye." Well, the one kid. Sorry, now uh, I'm thinking. Wasn't it sent back finally though? Like upon their deaths, when Thingol died. Oh shit! No, you're right. They did keep it with them. They were protecting it, but wait. I thought Thingol. Oh fuck! No, because it went. We this was not that long ago that we fucking went over this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tracking. I'm looking the this up. So. <laughs> okay. It doesn't even say who was mortal, passed, who restored, went to Osirian. Did they bring the rock or not? You son of a bitch! At one point, it ended up with Thingol because he made the Nauglamir. I, and then I think it was the Nauglamir that went back to Baron and Luthien, wasn't it? And then their son went to be king in the forest. I don't remember when they died or this is literally my favorite part of that book and I'm like a blank. <laughs> Cause so yeah, the, the dwarves destroyed Doriath and stole the Nauglamir. Yeah. And then Baron goes after it. Baron goes after it. Yeah, so they must have left it with with Thingol voluntarily. Uh, isn't Thingol dead at that point? No, okay, so oh, at before the end that. of yeah, at you the end before. of the Baron and Luthien story mm -hmm. they left it with thingle and then they were like we just want to go and live our lives fuck off yeah okay and then when thingle is killed by the dwarves for the Nauglamir, eight baron goes after it jesus unless it's their son that goes after it fuck me i'm pretty sure it's baron though yeah no baron waylays the group of dwarves who had taken the Nauglamir. okay great but then great. i think it was uh, it was when they died was when it got sent to Dior. Dior, yeah. And that's when he knew that they were yes. finally okay. dead. Okay, because he um, went to go be king and they were still like, no, we, we continue to want to be left alone. Yeah. Okay, okay, great. I know. Great. I feel like it was kind of complicated, though, the whole in-between time where it get left in. I know Doriath, that... Because no one, strictly speaking, singularly possessed it, except for Baron, who was dead at the time. Yeah, and... That's a good point. I don't remember if Baron handed it to Thingle or if Thingle took it from him when he died. On the I don't hand. remember. Whatever. <laughs> you guys, we have talked about this for way too long. Okay, we can Sorry. look this up after. We're never going to remember. It is never going to come back to us. All right. Looking that up afterwards. Does anybody <laughs> else have anything to say about chapter two? I wanted to talk about why I think this whole thing is Gandalf's fault. Okay. But basically what it comes down to is the fact that Gandalf interrogates Smeagol about this entire event and then lets Smeagol go. And Smeagol gets captured by orcs and then the orcs figure out that the ring and Baggins are in Hobbiton and that pretty much instigates the entire disaster. I feel yes. like... So when I was going back through reading the notes though, I feel like Gandalf never actually had... Gollum until after that happened. He'd been tracking him, but the trail was lost at the edge of Mirkwood and went south, and Gandalf was like, Welp, that's that, and then took it up later with Aragorn after Bilbo had left Hobbiton. Oh. I know, I had thought the same thing, because especially I like with just read this, why don't I? Man, we are the worst remember. people to do this podcast. <laughs> we well, I guess People could be worse, but it would be hard to be. No, how it's phrased is really confusing because Gandalf tells the story yeah. of Gollum before talking about 
how he found Gollum, and he talks about it being terrible. Um, and I says something about his mistake mm-hmm. somewhere. I mean, either way, I'm sure Gandalf blames himself. Yeah. Yeah, so here. You have, I blame Gandalf too. So, so. for one is, for says, you have seen Gollum, and yes, the obvious thing to do, of course, if one could. I tried long ago, but I have managed it at last. Um, ex- indicating that he had only just finally found Gollum. And then, uh, and then what? He found his way into Mirkwood, as one would expect. And that's, is that where you found him? Asked Frodo. And I saw him there, answered Gandalf. But before that, he had wandered far. Um, then the wood elves tracked him first, an easy task for them, for his trail was still fresh then. Through Mirkwood and back again, it led them, though they never caught him. And the trail turned away. Uh, and then I made a great mistake. I let the matter be. So, like, the elves had been tracking Gollum and followed it, and they lost it southwards of Mirkwood. And Gandalf was like, well, I guess that's that. And then the trail was long cold when I took it up again after Bilbo left here. And my search would have been in vain, but for the help that I had from a friend, Aragorn. Aragorn! I think that was the reaction Rachel was looking for earlier. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, so... Yeah, it's a little bit of Gandalf's fault. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a... No, actually, yeah. I'm not going to make that joke. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to make a victim-blaming joke. <laughs> it, it, uh, it was going to be bad. I mean, realistically speaking, Gandalf probably would have still been too late, and he would have just followed the trail to Mordor and been like, well, I'm not going in there. Yeah, yeah right? Um, <laughs> like, well, he's probably dead. Goodbye. But, so yeah. So you're right. Okay, I was wrong. It's not entirely Gandalf's fault, except maybe a little bit. He could have worked harder in the beginning, but he had a party to go to. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I give up on things when I have a party to go to, so I feel you, Gandalf. I don't. I usually want to be late to parties. Also, it's kind of funny because the whole thing is implied that Gandalf just asked the elves to do it for him. <laughs> and so really, he just, like, after it was out of their realm, he's like, well, I don't want to do this myself. <laughs> Demigods are busy fireworks man he had to work really hard on uh making those getting ready for the party i feel like this was all after the party wasn't it uh the first search was before the party the second one was after bilbo had left oh i always thought it was after okay time means nothing in these books (laughs) i read this very closely to write the summary (laughs) gotcha gotcha you are the expert on chapter two i am (laughs) um i think that's it yeah we've decided that gandalf isn't entirely at fault just a little at fault. Just a little at fault. And pity is good, which is different than a lot of other stories would tell you. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Although I do think by pity they mean empathy, but... Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> shall we wrap it up here? I think so. Okay. I guess. Uh, if anyone else has anything to say or wants to portend doom, you can find us in the usual places. On which is Twitter. Twitter. At to read Tolkien. And by email at wanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com. And yeah, I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. And I've been Emmy. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, Bye. next week is chapter three. Three's company. It's appropriate. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye.